0: Now the scripture reading comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 21. I'll be reading from the New American Standard. That is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 9 through 21. Therefore, also, we have our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear to be for. Before the judgment seat, Christ, that each one may be recompensed for the deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God, and I hope that we are made manifest also in your consciousness. We are not again condemning ourselves. To you, but are giving you an occasion to be proud of us, that you may have an answer for those who take pride in appearance and not in heart. <clears throat> for if we are, are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are, are in, of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on our behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no man according to flesh, even though we have have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if any man is in Christ he is in a, a new creature the old things pass away behold new things have come now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the, man, the ministry of reconciliation namely that God was in Christ reconciled the world to himself Not counting the treasure of trespasses against him, against them, and that he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ as through God, entreating through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin. To be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Him.
1: <clears throat> With this time mark, the Song of Invitations, number 501. Again, that invitation song is 501. Song before the lesson this morning will be number five hundred and forty-nine. If you're able to, please be standing during the singing of this song number five hundred forty-nine. I know the Lord will find a way. Oh, Would it be great to hear him say?
2: God that we've read, that the Lord will make a way for us, find a way for us. It's up to us then to be willing to want to follow the way that he's left us through the word that he's given us to show us the way that we ought to be. The first part of the reading, or the first part of chapter 5, rather, we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be closed with our habitation, which is from heaven. The desire to live a life here in order that we might have eternity with God. It's a challenge that's been laid before us, been laid before mankind from the very beginning. To realize, as you read what Jesus was <coughs> excuse me, if you read what Jesus was willing to do on our behalf, I was thinking as the reading was being read, about our becoming a new creation. And I was thinking about Jesus and his being that new creation in the flesh. To have that life that he had not had before. To learn what it was to face trials that he had not faced before. The temptation of Jesus in Matthew 4, 1 through 10. The agony of facing the cross in Matthew 26 in the Garden of Gethsemane. The admonition given to us, or a reminder given to us in Hebrews 5, verses 8 and 9. That though he was a son, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered, that he might become the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience. That was part of his new creation. And ours is a, along a similar line. We're facing a life as a child of God that we've never faced before. We're being asked to, as Jesus did, to have that attitude. Father, your will be done. And whatever it is, that willingness to surrender, that willingness to Be obedient to the Father, to live this life, to struggle with the fact that the old things are to have passed away and this new life is to be lived. That transition, if you will, from the nature of the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. The only difference is, is when the caterpillar turns into the butterfly, it no longer carries that old body with it any longer. And when we become a new creation, it's on the inside. It's a spiritual creation. But we still dwell in this physical body. We still have to learn what it was as Jesus did to bring it into subjection. To the will of the Father. To be able when the going gets tough and difficult. As it was for him as he faced the cross. To spend that time. In agonizing prayer to the Father. But trusting the Father. To do his will. And trusting the Father. That in the doing of his will. He has also given us the strength that we need to be able to handle whatever it is that we are facing. The strength is given in that hour of need. So many times we would like to have it before. The Hebrew writer in writing in that fourth chapter Down in verse 16, verse 15 says, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to that throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy And find grace to help in the time of need. So many times we would like to have that before we need it. But the grace and the help is given in the time of need. As it was for Jesus. Again as you read that great chapter of Matthew 26. And the parallel accounts in the other gospels. The agony to the point of death, prostrating himself in the garden, earnestly pleading for God to help him. And when those prayers were over, the strength was given. He rose up from the garden of Gethsemane. He looked and saw his betrayer coming and said, behold, my accuser is at hand. Let us go. Just that concept, let us go. From that moment on, basically, he uttered very few words. And those mocking of trials, the mocking of him, the scourging, the beating, leading to that final crucifixion. To close out his life, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. He put his trust in his Father to see him through those dark hours. And the same is true for us, to be able to put our trust in those dark hours. To recognize who we are and what it is that God has done for us. Go over a couple of books to the book of Ephesians. In chapter 2 and verse 1. In you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we were all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath just as the others but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. If God had not sent Jesus, there would have been no salvation. We would have continued to pursue the desires of the flesh. We would continue to be separated from God doomed for an eternal hell. But God, in His great mercy, sent His Son to die for us. To give us that opportunity. And again, how do we fully comprehend what He's done for us? How, How do we fully weigh out the sins that we have committed what they've done to God, what they did to Christ. And to understand that they can be washed away and remembered by God no more. And that God in His great grace and His mercy, His long-suffering, has prepared a place for Him, for us to be with Him eternally in heaven. When we become this new creation. When we're willing to let these things fall behind us. Or to leave them behind us. And to trust him. And to serve him. That we've been raised with Christ. To sit it in these heavenly places. The spiritual realm in which we are now able to be a part of. To catch periodically what it is that he is working through us. Again, no way to fully comprehend, no way to fully understand Satan, his power his craftiness, his deception, his lying, the impact that it has on the lives of individuals, of how he can take them away, if they listen to the lies. But to know that if we put the trust in God, if we allow his word to be the guide, That we're able to rise above that. And to know that even as we do such, there is a task laid before us of walking in this newness of life. Making the change that is necessary. Learning to think with this new mind. Paul, as he was writing to the Romans in that twelfth chapter, where he was encouraging them, begging them, by the mercies of God, consider what God has done for us, his mercies, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is wholly acceptable to God. Which is our reasonable service, not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. That transformation, that metamorphosis, if you will, the caterpillar to the uh, the, buttaf- uh, the caterpillar to the butterfly, that drastic change is done with the mind, in accepting and believing what God has done for us. And what he wants to do for us and with us in this life here. That we can be acceptable in the eyes of God. That we have a purpose in our living. Live a life here without blame. As Christ lived his life here without blame. We make mistakes. We sin, we come short. Our being able to live a life without blame is our living in light of the blood of Jesus Christ. The willingness to be able to confess our sins, to pray for forgiveness, and to believe that God indeed grants that. That we begin to learn what it means to live a life that would be worthy of God. Over in chapter 5 of Ephesians. Therefore, a lot of what he's discussed up to this point. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Imitators of God, imitators of Christ, you think again of Christ on this earth. You think of him again walking in a region that his father had blessed for thousands of years. And to walk among people who by all standards should have been in deep anticipation of his coming. But who rejected him? But he still loved him. Read about his coming into Jerusalem that last time. See him weep as he looked over that city. Hear him cry, Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How I've longed to cover you as a hen covers her chicks, but you were not willing. To see that love, to see that rejection, and still give his life. Love as Christ has loved you. Imperfect, pleading, encouraging, walk in love. Live a life in the blood of Christ so that the life lived Indeed, could be a sweet-smelling aroma to our Father who is in heaven. To walk as light. Christ was light. We are to be the light. To live a life that would be reflective of Christ living in us. Again, it had to be hard for Jesus as he walked through Judea, Galilee, even Samaria, to see and to hear the attitude of those who would not accept To hear the attitude of those who were his, that he had chosen. To hear James and John wanting to call down fire from heaven to devour these Samaritans because they would not receive Jesus. To have to tell them you've got a heart that is not on God. God but that is of the world. You're thinking not as God would think. He came to save life, not to destroy. To hear the attitude of his disciples handpicked as they traveled outside of earshot of Jesus, Jesus. Arguing among themselves which one of them would be the greatest. The arguments continue. To have to share with them and to teach them. That's what the Gentiles do, it's not what God does. The greatest among you is the one who serves. And then he gave that example in John 13. Of the master washing the feet of his disciples. Listen to Jesus as he listens to his disciples. When he told them that all would forsake him. And they all declared they would not. Peter very strongly, Lord, they all may deny you, but I will never deny you. And he still loved them. Have this attitude in you that was in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2 and verse 5. Have that characteristic that you see in Jesus as he dealt with imperfect human beings, those whom he called out of the world, those who he called to be his disciples, his learners who would mimic or who would follow the teaching of the master and still love them despite their imperfections. And even after they've been empowered by the Spirit from on high, they still have their weaknesses and their shortcomings. To see the determination that had to be there. Renewing the mind daily. We are children of a living God who has transformed us from fleshly beings to the spiritual being thus in the likeness of God. Striving to go through this world, wanting to live a life that would be worthy of our calling. The child of God, is it reflective in us? Is the mind being renewed day by day day, to do his bidding? to be able to do what needs to be done and to stand firm in serving Him. Go over to the 6th chapter of Ephesians. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong, In the Lord and in the power of His might. That's where the strength comes from. It's from the Lord. The fight battles that we must fight, to endure the hardships that we must endure. Dropping down to verse 13. Take up that whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day and having done all to stand. Take up the weapons that he describes, the spiritual armor. Because we want to stand in that final day. We draw our strength, we draw our encouragement, We draw the weapons that we need, which is the word of God. And we trust him in the battle that we fight. That he is on our side. But rather are we on his side. Standing for the truth. Fighting that battle that he would want us to wage. And order that again one day, that we could have that dwelling place that He has prepared. That we could be at home with the Lord, and finally be absent from this body. Oh, listen to our wonder story. story of hope the story of forgiveness the story of a new life the story of blessings that can only come from Jesus the question will be are we there are we in Christ understanding that sin separates us understanding the need to repent of those sins to confess him as the Lord and the Savior be buried with him in baptism for the remission of those sins, to be raised to walk this new life. Then as we walk this new life to draw our strength and our guidance from his word, if we stumble and we fall, to know that we can come home, that he is there to receive us. It's a wondrous, wondrous story of hope through the blood of Jesus you're not yet a child of God, we want to encourage you to do so. Or as a child of God who needs to come home, or if there's any way that we could assist you or we could help you, indeed we bid you to come, as together we stand and sing.
1: Oh, listen to our wondrous story, counted once among the lost yet one came down from heaven's glory, saving us at all full cost. Who saved us from eternal loss? What did he do? have taken highest of the high though he <clears throat> loved one on the cross forsaken was one of the Godhead three who saved us from eternal loss what did he To this Saviour, to his scepter, humbly bow. You too shall come to know his favour. He will save you, save you now. Who saved us from eternal loss?